You're listening to the Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Morning, everybody. Uh, this is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to uh, the Wealth Standard Radio. This is episode 121. And as I mentioned last week, I was going to have a very large guest, large in name <laughs> and large in stature <laughs> here here in the office. And uh, so Andy Tanner, live in person. How's it going, Andy? My wife will agree with the large in belly. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that's, s- that's always the joke. There's 20 pounds on me. She says she's not married to. <sighs> so That's okay. <laughs> You don't have to take care of yourself as much when you're married, right? That's right, man. I'm just kidding. No, I, 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 uh, it was interesting. I got a lot of feedback on some of the videos that we did for, uh, for our, our summit, uh, uh-huh. back in May and some of the videos you and I did together, like we stand stood next to each other. Yeah. yeah and I, I looked like I was yeah, <laughs> tiny little tiny guy, but, uh, but it's awesome to have you here. It's, it's been a while. I thought it was, I, I didn't realize how long it's been since we've you done know, a podcast. Well, it's been like know, we, eight months. Well, we talked on the phone, we text yeah. a lot, and you know, you realize, boy, it hasn't been, has it been eight months since we did the last podcast? I know, we, well, we did the Cashflow Wealth Summit one, oh and then the one gosh. before that was like March. Doesn't seem that Isn't long. that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. Time flies. So why, why, and you just live around the corner, like why? I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> we should do more podcasts. I know we should. Anyway, we're going to, we have some cool stuff to talk about today. There's uh Lots. there's never, it's what's cool is that you never, there's never a lack of headlines Mm-mm. for financial stuff. Right. And Mm-mm. there's tons going on right now. So we're going to dive, we're going to dive into it. That's cool. That's awesome. Let's so, talk about it. So you, I mean, you, your, your philosophy is, uh, is, is profound, right? Because you, looking at you know your your personality you you love education okay and you understand emotion you understand influence and you are in in the market i mean you essentially uh look at markets and that's the nature of your business it's the nature of your uh of your education right and you realize just how kind of intertwined all of those elements are and it's crazy because i think i think one of the the, the most it's it's intriguing but i think the the thing that most people keeps people up at night is is the money issue right yeah, yeah. and it it causes some of the world's crazy social issues money makes people do weird stuff yeah. But at the same time, it's like you look at like all areas of your life and, it, and money is probably the thing that if you had to choose between like, you know, one area of your life and money, you'd get rid of the money, right? So you look at your family, you yeah. look at your relationships, you look at, you know, your spirituality, you look at your, um, you know, your health and your fitness. You look at all the different areas of your life and this is the one, you know, the one thing that every, it, it affects everything else, but it's the one thing that people would exchange for well-being in the other areas. And the interesting is if you looked at a person's roles, you know, you say, well, I'm a scoutmaster, I'm a coach, I'm a student, I'm a brother, I'm a nephew, I'm a cousin, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, I'm a patriot, I'm a citizen. There's so many things that you are, right? And yet when someone says, you know, well, you know, who's Joe? Well, he's the plumber. And they say, well, you know, who are you and what do you do? And when I say, who are you, what you do? You could easily say, well, I'm a father or I coach basketball or I'm a scoutmaster. And yet we identify ourselves, our whole identity is in the how we decide to earn money. Is that crazy? Why? And I, I don't know. I think, I think it's just, you know, human nature. We, we cling, we just cling it's, to certain it's ideas. It's the survival instinct. I mean, huh, interesting. We, we want to survive. We got to eat well. We have these necessities of food, clothing, and shelter. Mm-hmm. That's a function of money. Mm-hmm. And so that deep reptilian brain is about survival. The survival, good point. And so that's why we're going to define ourselves, unrightly so, but we define mm-hmm. ourselves through money yep. because that's where, well, it's like we, we looked on your wall, you know, you have that Maslow hierarchy, yeah. <laughs> you know, they got food, clothing, and shelter. You got breathing. 
They've got a new one though. You got to update your chart. Um, texting. Oh, the kid can go longer holding his breath <laughs> than he can go without texting. So that's in the new Maslow hierarchy, I think. That's crazy. Kids have to text. I'll, I'll have to find it. They but can there's... hold their breath, but they can't go without texting for more than ten seconds. I, was, I can't remember. What, I can't remember this <clears throat> this audiobook, but it was it was this you know because they do all sorts of like psychological tests, and especially on kids. Yeah. But they're doing this one where they were filming these kid these kids, and they're like two and three year olds in this kind of controlled room, and they gave them a marshmallow, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so they gave him a marshmallow and they said if if you can wait I think it was like 15 minutes if you can wait 15 minutes we will give you another marshmallow oh, and geez. so just the you know the footage of the video like all the kids were just like walking around the room and just holding their human emotion you know human human emotions are, are are profound and the whole Maslow hierarchy of needs which is you know why you know just just our instincts and what we consider as important and not being able to really address certain things in our lives unless kind of the foundational elements of of survival are in place. They're tied to money. You see it in the stock charts. You know, we had this, uh, we have this, this China issue and, you know, the markets just fall to pieces and that's emotion. You know, you, you look at a basic stock chart of the S&P 500 of the Dow, you know, our gross domestic product, <clears throat> excuse me, our, our gross domestic product doesn't fluctuate like this. What we're producing doesn't fluctuate like this. And yet the, the, the stocks do because of the emotions. So it is, it is emotional. And no matter how smart we think we are, how advanced we think we've become, we're human beings with a survival instinct and it's fight or flight and that stuff kicks in. And that's uh, a lot of what reading charts uh, is about in markets. And it's, and it's also, I mean, it's, it's also interesting where, you know, you, you look at how you can try to predict what people are going to do. And nowadays you have so yeah, much information that's out there predicting. and you can, tr- and, you, and you know, it's like, well, this, if, the, if this happens like this, then this will happen like this again or something. And, and, but people don't realize that there's that like X factor, right? And the X factor is, yes. yeah, all the logic can say that, but is that actually how people are going to behave? Well, and the other thing is we live in a world of media to where we're competing for eyeballs. And and data doesn't bring eyeballs. Emotion brings eyeballs. So we've got to have the the fear of the future is a real basic fear that everyone has. You know, what's going to happen tomorrow? And so if you can be on CNBC, you're going to get more. The thing about CNBC that kills me is this is CNBC in a nutshell. You know, they used to who was it they used to have that went to Fox? Maria Bartiromo. Bar- oh yeah. Okay, on the next segment, we're going to have so-and-so from Acme Investments and we're going to have so-and-so from XYZ Investments and they're going to tell you what their take is, what's going to happen, the prediction always going to happen on the market. So I'm going to tune into that because my I want to know the future. So, you know, guy from Acme Investments says it's going up. The guy from XYZ says it's going down. They fight for a while and you leave not knowing any more. You're more confused. Yeah, not any more than you, but people are going to watch because they think it's about prediction. You and I know better, but they think it's about prediction. So let's get Warren Buffett on. What's your prediction, Warren? Let's get Carl Icahn on. What's your prediction? Let's get, you know, so-and-so on. We'll tune into that because it's emotional. And that's at the end of the day, you look at what they're predicting and it, it's, I think it could be <clears throat> valuable information. It just depends on how, how you use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, well, we, we could talk about what, uh, you want to talk about what Carl said? Good, but I was I was thinking we start with those end of the world predictions. I was, see that honestly, my anxiety, you know, my anxiety was, you know, I'm not going to be able to interview Andy. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we, we survived, you know, was it two, I think two, and we had a, we had a red moon, we had the red moon, that was kind of crazy. You know, you, 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 you're watching <laughs> the red moon come up and you're like, there's a part of you that wonders, right? No, I, it was funny the the, the first, uh, the first time anyone ever asked me advice, I couldn't believe I got asked advice on the end of the world question. It was in 1999 and I had a friend that was in Phoenix. He was a retired airline pilot and he wasn't into technology. And the Y2K thing was scaring him. Like, mm, got it, look, yeah. when Y2K hits, all the computers are shut down. We won't be able to control anything. And the, and the missiles will get sent off and you know, whatever else. And he, he didn't really understand technology. And he, he said, Andy, I'm really worried about Y2K. You know, are all these computers going to crash? And I looked him right in the eye. I go, uh, computers crash right now. <laughs> they crash all the time. There's the blue screen of death. They freeze. There's nothing new, man. They already crash. Okay. This is going to come and go with no problem whatsoever. Okay. None. And yet again, you were speaking about that emotion. I was reading an article about this, uh, you know, this red moon being some type of sign or whatever sign from yep. some, I don't even remember what culture it was from, but, uh, regardless of what it was, the the emergency supply stores, uh, at least in my area, in an article, they had in the last two months five hundred percent increase in their business, and it's because people are emotional. And I thought I've got you know I keep now I I think there's some prudence to this. I keep a little bit of of I keep some staples. We keep, keep look if we live on a fault line, uh, you and I. And, you know, I don't know if it'll happen or not, but if it does and we can't get goods and service, I want to have a little food, clothing, water, medicine for my kids. So I have a lot. I thought, man, I should sell all my food storage right now at the height, man, and buy it back <laughs> next week. You know, I was thinking stock. It. They sell an option on food storage. But I'm storage. glad we're still here, you know, end of the world. But yeah. this goes back to what you said, you know, it's emotional. What if it's real? Yeah, but, and, and that's, and I think that's one of the main, and this is, this is just in, I think, finance 101 or investing 101, because you look, you look at the, the variable of emotion and you can, in a sense, kind of predict what people are going to do if you really think about it, right? And you just go back to all the different crashes that have taken place, right? And in, in hindsight, you look at, you know, what occurred in, in 2008 and 2009, what occurred the dot-com uh, bus, what occurred in 19... Like what, what occurred? How did people react? Now, it's not a 100% guarantee that's how people are going to react. At the same time, it's just education so that in the moment, you can maybe yeah, put I two mean, and two together. It's like the farmer's almanac. You look at the past and say, well, this is how it was in the past. And when we look at stock charts we can see how they reacted at certain prices and creates floors and ceilings it's not a perfect science but there's enough to it it's worth looking at it's worth looking at i think anytime you have that element and that's kind of if, in my experience because i've i've uh, and, and the team here we've we work individually with a lot of people right and we were doing that in 2008 2009 and there are a lot of people that were, that were freaked out and most people when they're in that emotional state they do irrational things and in fear right? Fear, you just want to figure out a way to, to get to get out, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, when you're getting out, somebody else is getting in, right? And so if you're on the other end of those emotional transactions, there's there's lots of opportunities. Yeah, it, it, it's still a hard thing. It's, you, can, you can't do that by itself. Um, I don't think you can look at, at charts and emotions by itself. You've got to have, you know, I talk about having four different pillars. You've got to have different things that are going to influence you as well. And I think the biggest thing is just if then you you cannot put your your course one way bet all bet all your chips on one one spin of the wheel 
we've got to have contingency, which is really what, you know, the insurance business is about. It's, it's about the what ifs. Yeah, it's your prediction. Yeah, and is my house going to burn down? Well, I don't know. Could it? Yeah. All right, I'll buy insurance. Hey, that's a pretty simple way to think of it. I mean, I, I, th- I think anyone listening to that could really relate to that. Was, it, was the market going to burn down? Well, I don't know. Could. Well, let's see, get insurance for it. And people don't. Yeah, I think what's going to burn down quicker, your house, your 401k, you know, it's more likely getting a wreck or the market to fall. So I, I, I like to take the same attitude emotionally. I mean, why do people buy insurance? Well, it, it does make you feel better. I might never, ever use my home insurance policy, my homeowner's insurance, might never use it, but I sleep at night and it calms my emotions saying, well, you know, if there's a fire, I'll lose some photographs, which would be devastating, better upload them to the cloud and uh, sure enough, I'm going to get these things replaced if they're taken from me. So the idea of insurance, it's one of the wisest, smartest, most intelligent, it's risk management. It doesn't remove the risk. It transfers it to another party. And I think most, and when you're referring to insurance, I think, you know, from a, from a context standpoint, most people, at least who I, you know, interact with, um, know what you're talking about, port- portfolio insurance, but for the average individual, right? Cause you look at, you know, the average 401k balances and, and, uh, the average person that's putting money into these type of plans. They don't know that there is portfolio insurance that's no, out there. They don't know how, how they don't know what it would look like if they saw it. <clears throat> and it does take, uh, you know, unlike buying home insurance, you know, you got to have a little education. You go to your farmer's agent, you go to your Allstate agent, and you compare what they say, and you choose a policy. And you don't need to really take a course generally to get a good homeowner's insurance policy. But the risks are so much higher in finance. Uh, your chances of something burning down are so much higher in the stock market that there's some dynamics to that, that hedging is, is a little bit more involved. And so it's not really something you buy with money so much as you buy with education that requires, you know, the, the smarter use of money. You know, you, you buy insurance, home insurance by writing a check, but you buy your portfolio insurance by taking a course and getting smarter. And there's no, I, I don't know that there's a, someone to hire i mean i guess there's skills for hire and things you do yourself you could hire out tying your shoes but that's probably a life skill you know you could hire out being chauffeured around but i like to drive and so you know the dentist if i want a root canal i'll hire that out when it comes to money and protecting it my intuition tells me at least for me andy that should be a life skill not a skill for hire and I think you look at, and that's very, very well, very well said, uh, but in the, because in the end, it's, it's your money. I mean, you're essentially postponing the use of your money right now for, for the future. And a lot of people, I think, you know, in hindsight would have said, oh man, I should have done, I should have done something else in the 401k or should have done something, else. but they're already there. And a lot of people are just locked in. They can't really do anything ab- about it other than, you know, figure out these type of strategies, but it comes down to, you know, what's what traditional financial advisors know, and especially for those that kind of have the average 401k balance, they don't have financial advisors. You, you Who said, are they relying on? You said something that struck me. Uh, you said, it's your money. Now, that's, that's an interesting thing. When we say it's your money, that denotes responsibility. It's like they're your kids. Imagine your kids, um, everyone needs a little help, okay? Everyone might need a little daycare. So maybe you put your kids in daycare for a couple hours. 
But if you drop them off at daycare and you don't see them again for 30 years and you come back and pick them up from daycare and you don't like what you see, you know, there's, there's just a, a certain responsibility. And so if I want to use an advisor, maybe that's like daycare. Maybe I take the advisor and we look a little bit, but ultimately it's my money, just like it's my kids. And I'm a little bit responsible for how my kids, you know, learn about the world. Well, I'm ex- responsible for how my money grows. I'm responsible for protecting my children. I'm responsible for protecting my money. It's my money. It's your money. So when you said that, you know, well, it's, the money belongs to you. With with that, there's a there's a responsibility attached to it. I think you know this is a couple of years ago when when Robert uh, Kiyosaki was on the the real estate guys cruise. Yeah. He said something that that I it, it took it took me back because I really couldn't figure out what he was talking about, and it took a little little thinking to figure out what it meant. But he he said he was you know they were talking about uh, the Federal Reserve and talking about uh, Ben Bernanke at at the time and a lot of the activity. And which actually we're gonna probably get to some of that today in our in our interview. Uh, but he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I understand why people, you know, want this and the Fed. This is kind of around the Ron, Ron Paul time and the Fed. But in the end, it's like really going to try to do that. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a, in a sense, it's a losing battle, well, right? For for him, it's the greatest thing ever because there's two sides. If exactly. you play the right side, it's like why would you want in the Fed printing free money? And that's what he, <laughs> and that's what he said. He says, figure out how to print print money, right? And I looked at it and I said, okay, well, uh, I didn't like, I didn't understand really the context behind what he was talking about until I really figured what we're talking about right now, which is in the end, money comes to us because we did something, right? And the more money we get is going to be a function of the more we do, right? And looking at a lot of this new money that's in circulation, you know, there's a ton of it out there. What are you, can you do more to get some of it? Right. And in the end, as you look at, you know, the stewardship that we have over the money that we've made and also the money that we're saving and investing, right? A lot of that's going to determine our, our future well being. So obviously there's ways in which you can, you know, educate yourself and get degrees and, and figure out other skills that can make you more valuable to somebody else, whether you're an employee or a business owner or whatever or entrepreneur. But in the end, you also have the other side, which is if you are putting away some of your money, right, then what type of steward are you? Are you, you know, being a steward over the way in which you make money? Okay. And just that, and not over how you're managing the, some of the money that you are putting away, okay? Or are you doing both, right? You, you hit it on the head. I was there for that speech. I think it's one of the best speeches I've ever heard, give, given heard Robert give. What was funny is Ed Griffin was before him. So Ed Griffin is talking about the Fed in one term. We all know how he feels about it. If not, go read the book, you know, Creature from Jekyll Island. And then we saw how Robert, and it, it reminded me of like a Hurricane Katrina. If you're an insurance guy, Hurricane Katrina is not good news for you. But if you're in the construction business, it's the best thing ever happened to you. So, you know, if you're in the construction business and Hurricane Katrina wipes everything out, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be able to feed my kids for the next year. But if you're all state, you're like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> so it really depends on, you know, there is no, here's a real lesson that there is no bad news. There's no good news. There's only position. I, I, you know, there's no good news or no bad news. It's your position that determines. It's very individualized. So when you look at, like we were talking about CNBC, is a market crash bad news? I don't think it is. And that's bad for me to say because, well, there's going to be, I don't want to see people get hurt. But if the market booms, then all the people that are short get hurt. So it's just, you know, it's not, Robert Kiyosaki's fascinating because he doesn't look at the world so much in a right thing or a wrong thing. He looks at it like a right hand and a left hand. 
He said, I don't have a right hand and a wrong hand, I have a right and a left. So as we look at, you know, a Carl Icahn interview or a Janet Yellen speech, you know, some people say, well, this is a good policy or bad policy. Well, there's nothing we can do to control what their policy is. So our job is to say, which side of this coin do we want to be on to make this good news? Can a market crash be good news? And that's the thing is good and bad is defined by us, right? It and, is. And typically our definition is based on our level of education. Well, that's deep. Yeah. But <laughs> well, so I went, I didn't, I didn't we, we, we didn't talk about this, but I went to uh, Blair's event. Oh, uh, what a month, it was about, yeah, about a month ago. Yeah. <sighs> and uh, it was, it was fascinating because like 70% of the room were hairdressers, right? So yeah. it was, it was kind of yeah. interesting to see. That's his niche with uh, yeah. like, uh, the, yeah, there's like some coach. And, yeah, 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 and, that's uh, right. That's right. Uh, L'Oreal is one of his yeah. big clients. And it was, it was interesting to see kind of their reaction because Robert spoke for, I think probably an hour, an hour. Yeah. And so it was interesting to see their, their reaction. But, um, you know, looking at how just the connection that I made there about how important your development of yourself is to pretty yeah. much everything that you do, which includes how you define things, right? the way in which you define things often determines the outcome. And the, and you're right. It's like every event, we, you can't, you know, predictions, predictions, everybody wants to know with certain, they want certainty. They want to know yeah. what, what to do. Survival. It's never, I mean, I guess there could be some element of it that's, that's true, but it's never going to work out a hundred percent like you predict, right? Never. What a lesson though, for everyone, you know, for all of us, when you talked about, you know, here's, here's Patrick and you're going to Blair Singer, who's really a personal development specialist. Yeah, and, yeah. and people will say, are you, you know, is that a bunch of rah-rah stuff? Is that just a bunch of Anthony Robbins stuff? There's some of it. There's some of that, yeah. But I'll tell you what I always ask people when they ask about that idea of personal development, is I just look them right in the eye and I say, I have one question for you. Who is your own worst enemy? And every single time they say, it's me. And I go, will that ever change? And they say, no. I say, that's why you go to Blair Singer, because then when tragedy happens, just like you said, okay, well, it's not really the tragedy, it's which side of it am I going to choose to be on? And it's that two sides of the coin that it becomes so profound. That's what personal development, like with Blair, helps a person see, calm the emotions, mm -hmm. maybe logic. set aside some of your predetermined ideas, and you say, could a market crash actually be the greatest blessing that my family ever received? Just like when Hurricane Katrina came through, a lot of people were hurt. A lot of people made a lot of money yep. and blessed their, a lot of construction businesses on the edge saved their lives. So mm -hmm. while it put some people under financially, others, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to them. Yeah. And that's a, the thing is there's going to be outcomes, period. Yep. Right. And there's so going to be hurricanes and the hurricane yeah. doesn't have a good or bad, but it, it's not nope. sentient. <laughs> and that's, and there's so, that's a, that's a funny thing is like, we, we were fascinated with predictions, right? But yet you can't influence or control any of it, right? Yep. You can't control the way you react. And that's all based on, on who you are. Yep. So, you know, looking at, you know, some of the things that we were going to talk about, whether it was, you know, Janet Yellen and the Fed balking a couple of times, and then what Carl, Carl Icahn has said in his yeah. interaction with Trump. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a, and again, I think you look at the media, what's the purpose of the media, right? The media, I guess it's kind of a dual purpose. It's to provide information, right? But they live and die by ratings, right? Yeah, so emotion, it, it, eyeballs. Yeah. Because the more people watch, right? The more, the well, more money they get for advertisers. It's the situation room. Yeah. The, the situation rooms presupposes that there is a situation. <laughs> I mean, if, and if there's not a situation, we they better make come one. up with one. They make yeah, one so, up. Well, there's, you know, nothing happened today, yeah. so we'll just cancel the program because there's no situation. Yeah, and CNN's <laughs> renowned for that. It's just take, turning this, like, you know, it's totally abstract idea. The word into this, crisis, like, world crisis has lost meaning. No kidding. It's in, in, in media. It's lost. I mean, someone loses a point in the polls. Oh, campaigning crisis. No, a crisis 
is our retirement system. A crisis is fiscal irresponsibility. That's a crisis but we've become shell-shocked to it. Yeah, I, I went through, we did, I, I tried to do a, a training once a month for our team here, and uh, we did one this morning, and I, I associated the U.S. government with just a, the average family situation, right, minus multiple zeros, right? But I said, if this is, you know, if this is a family, you know, it's, it's, it's bankrupt, right? And that's what people said. They, they looked at, you know, if your family's making $31,000 a year and they're spending forty, right, and they have $180,000 in debt, right, wh- what should this family do? right? Go bankrupt, increase their income, right? Cut their expenses, all stuff that the government should be doing, right? But don't, but don't do, but yet we're the ones that are on the hook for everything. But yet most people just don't look at it like that. It, it was funny. I was in a, a training uh, this weekend and I drew something on the board. I drew a, a financial statement of a business like Hostess. I said, the reason they went out of business is they couldn't afford their long-term obligations, their pensions. Then I drew Detroit. So we went from company to municipality, same problem. Then I went to a state like California. They can't afford to pay their teachers and they're raising taxes to avoid bankruptcy. So I went to, I went from, from a company to municipality to state. Then I went to federal and you know, the answer was bankruptcy for everyone. Then I went to federal and I said, so what's going to happen here? And everyone said, the country will go bankrupt. I go, no, they won't. They'll print, they'll print money. And they'll tax more and get borrow more and print more. And you're right. If any business, any entity, any church, the Red Cross, nonprofits, any of it, if they had that level of fiscal irresponsibility, it never would have gotten this far. They'd have been gone way before. And that's why we call it a bubble because normally it couldn't get blown up that big before it popped. These are getting inflated. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. There's, the numbers are are insane. But in the end, you know what's going to happen. It's you know it's it's uh yeah Murphy's law, right? What's going to happen yeah. is going to happen. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's one of those one of those things where you know certain things are coming down the pipe, yep. and it could go so many different directions. But I guarantee that it's not going to end up exactly how somebody predicts. There'll be See, winners and losers. There'll be winners and looter, losers, and a lot of it, you know, when these volatile times happen, it's uh, it comes down to education. And I think a lot yeah. of people right now, I mean, it's fascinating to see how much money is in retirement. There's like twenty four, twenty five trillion dollars of, of retirement assets. So the bulk of the world, you know, bulk of the U.S. society has their money in the markets, right? Well, so it's Wall Street just sits and holds that money. They take a percentage off, it and they're as happy as can be. I mean, look, they don't. It doesn't, it goes up, goes down. Look, $24 trillion. If I can get a percentage of that off an expense ratio, I'm doing pretty well. And they are doing really well. So here's, so, so going to, you know, the education, there's, whether you, whether you are are in the situation you're in right now, um, I mean, you are where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so looking at how you're going to improve your situation, it's going to come down to, to that education. I think there's probably some, you know, some technical things that you can learn, I mean, such as your education, but I know you talk a lot about emotion as well. Yeah. Um, and so that education, looking at how that could protect you during these situations, right? That's going to be important to know. So let's maybe do, you, yeah. so what are some of your like basic level courses? I know you have several, several different courses. What are ones for just kind of those that are, they're starting out? Well, uh, when I played basketball, I had a great coach who talked a lot about fundamental basketball. And what fundamentals are, you know, if you ask yourself that question, what are fundamentals? Well, fundamentals are the basics. They're the, they're the necessities to begin doing something well, right? So the, the first thing we teach is what we call a fundamental analysis. Now, that sounds like jargon, but analysis means we're going to look at something. So that's easy. And fundamentals are just the basics. So for example, 
when, when you talk about Janet Yellen, you know, that's a very fundamental thing to understand. What does the Fed and, uh, you know, deal with the economy? How does raising rates? So we'll, we'll walk someone through that. And I don't know that, that we're smarter, Patrick, than many of the teachers that are out there. I'll tell you what we do do. You know, you can get education anywhere you want. Where we're really proud is we have a values of making it fun to learn, but we want to simplify it. And that's what we work to do in our courses. So we have, uh, you know, fundamental courses. I mentioned charts earlier. If someone would, you know, if they picture and imagine themselves looking at a chart of stocks and, and imagining understanding that and understanding what it meant and where it was going, you know, if that's a good feeling when you picture that, that's, that's another analysis we teach is how to look at the emotions of the market, supply and demand. The third thing is you got to be able to take that information, and turn it into cash flow. How do we, you know, we mentioned it earlier. How do you decide what, is it bad to make lemons of lemonade? That's what you do in life. So if I look at these charts and I look at these fundamentals and it says, oh, values could go down. Okay, well, how do I position myself uh, to make lemonade out of that? I'm sorry, other people might be getting hurt. Um, I'll tell you what, if, if Hurricane Katrina happens and I rescue my family, I'm going to feel badly for those that, that got drowned. I'm really going to be grateful and have an attitude of gratitude. But at least I was able to save my kids. And, uh, and you wish you could save everybody. But there's some people who will not get educated. The people at Hurricane Katrina, a lot of those guys had a full tank of gas in their SUV. They, just, they got warned. They decided to ride it out. And then they're upset. So the last one is risk management. And that's what you're so good at is understanding what do I do if, uh, you know, who cares whether the, the, the CNBCs can say, oh, there's storm clouds coming. And another guy says it's sunny skies. Who cares? Risk management allows me pre- to prepare for both. And the problem with the situation room is they, no one's going to tune in on a show on preparation. They want predictions and drama and oh my gosh. But, but Wolf Blitzer doesn't want to talk to you because you're going to say, well, if it goes up, I'll do this. And if it goes down, I'll do this. No, they want you to choose, which is up or down. Well, I don't care. Well, that's not dramatic. You know, Andy, is the market going up or down? I don't know for sure. I don't care. But whichever one it does, I'll make adjustments. And if they throw me a lemon, I'll make lemonade. If they throw me an orange, I'll make orange juice. Throw what you want to me. I don't care. Well, because it's not exciting. Because in the end, it's kind of like yeah. you can you can turn any situation into a good situation. That's why sense. it's better for podcasts because podcasts don't, they they're interesting. They're fast. See, that's a concept that's fascinating to people, and it and it gives them more of a sense of calm and a sense of of serenity as opposed to oh my gosh, the sky's falling. What am I going to do? The sky's falling. Look, relax. Market can go up. There's opportunities to make money there. Market could go down. Opportunities to make money there. The educational process simply shows you how to identify that and how you position yourself. That's and it's interesting. And the, at the end of the day, it's it's you look at you know the mainstream media, and it's still you know a, a huge outlet, right, for for yeah. information. Yeah. But I went to uh, I went to a, a podcast conference this summer in Dallas. Yeah, and it's fascinating how the tides are turning from a media. I sat next to a guy who was like an yeah. anchor for ABC for like 30 years. And now he's doing his podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, Quit yeah. doing his podcast. Yep. And you have a lot of other just traditional news media outlets that are going to that. And what that is doing is is untainting 
media because right now it's like it's all it's all advertisement well, right they're just pushing a, ratings it's empowering people too to be able to choose what they want to listen to and people are smart they have a sense of when someone is speaking clearly to them and when some and there's a serenity in that and i i think that that people long for that that right now you know there's so much oh the sky's falling here we go teasers i guess it's tired of teasers before the commercial break and i turn it off and people just want really good, solid information that can make them feel good inside when they hear it and say, okay, this resonates with me. This is a solution. It's not extravagant. I, that's magnetic. That's, that attracts people. And you're right. I mean, it's, that's what I love about our, our modern society. And really, I think it's going to be the, the catalyst that's going to allow us to survive is just the fact that, you know, we can communicate, we can express opinion uh, on a very large scale and our ability to, you know, come together as a society has happened. Now it's kind of like, you know, we're still goofing around with some of the Facebook stuff and Instagram. I mean, there's not a lot of serious things that happen there, but yet there are, I mean, I had a a, a buddy who some kid got kidnapped and, you know, within an hour they were able to kind of get everybody, you know, round, round the troops and and found him right so it's, this, yeah. so it's one of those and I, th- I know that that's zuckerberg's you know a lot of a lot of his is is toward those you know those type of moments but again in the end when a lot of this chaos happens i think we'll we'll come out um hopefully be- better will, for it people will have to get smarter though because when al gore invented the internet <laughs> just ask him he'll tell you he said he invented it when he invented i always say this when al gore invented, <laughs> invented the internet we entered the information age but when we invented uh, YouTube, we invented the misinformation age because now anyone can say anything. And so even though it's a good thing that now we don't just have three networks to get our news from and Walter Cronkite isn't the only source for information, now we have everyone can say anything. So education now to take information, interpret it and find out what's true requires us to get smarter, which I think is a good thing because there's so many voices now, so many different places having education will give you a greater intuition of okay is this guy blowing smoke is this guy chicken little or is he paul revere you know is this a legitimate warning and i think oftentimes conflict i i like in some situations i like conflict especially conflicting information refiner's fire because ayn rand you know said that whenever you have a contradiction right one one is wrong one is right period and you got to figure it out you got to figure it out so it was fascinating at this podcast conference you had a lot of like the traditional guys right that have been they were in radio now kind of transitioning to podcast and you have like these these entrepreneurs that you know whatever they just open this up for 10 bucks a month through their podcast right so it's (laughs) cool there's this one guy who's going through this like two week long period to create a podcast it was like you you know we have to you know record for an hour and a half and then we'll have to cut this part and then we'll have to refine this part and we'll have to script this part we have to it was insane it was like a full-time job for one episode and then this other guy got up like right after him or it was a it was a gal and she was like uh i don't do any of that and i have twice the amount of i record this on my way to work on on my iphone she did it on an ipad (laughs) yeah so anyway but you're but you're right i mean a lot of the information out there you have to you, you have to know what don't just take it for for face value right you need to understand that everybody has an opinion we all have we all have uh we're, we're all susceptible to errors and making mistakes that's inherent in all human beings and once you know that then you can kind of push through the agenda and figure out what the truth yeah, is ed- education is taking information and letting it have meaning information if i if i tell the listeners i says well let's talk about explaining time decay by an inverted diagonalized iron condor that's just information it has no meaning to anybody so the educational process allows us to have meaning in our information and then it becomes transformational. Then we're able to do things that we couldn't do before. 
And that's, that's the evidence of education. When you can do something you couldn't do before, you're transformed. Well, I think right now, I mean, again, going and kind of wrapping up our, our show today, you, know, you, you look at the anxiety that most people have, right? Yeah. And, it's, and it revolves around money. And right now there is probably, there, there's always been uncertainty, but for me, I, I look at it as just, there's, a lot, there's a, a lot of it and it goes more viral, which is, enhances it. And I think a lot of people, it's hard to temper that emotion, right? And I think the solution isn't some sort of strategy, right? Because everybody has their strategy, but the yeah. solution is really education education and knowing however things turn out when things start to happen where you could you know otherwise define it as bad you know how to turn it into good it's a great conversation you know i we we talk a lot you know not we don't just talk in podcasts we talk as friends and associates i think the biggest thing i've gained from this is i think about the difference between an attitude of predicting something and an attitude of preparing for it and if I want to sort through the Janet Yellen and the Carl Icahn and all the things, I come back saying, well, we really don't know for sure what's going to happen. So the prediction business is kind of a, a, a circular, you're, you're almost always back to where you are before. Well, yeah, I think it might be this, but I'm not sure. But if a person takes a preparation attitude, which is really an educational attitude, and we take an if-then stance and saying, okay, well, if I see this, I'll react this way. That's prepared. If it goes down, then I'll wreck this way. Now I'm prepared. Okay, now I have a plan for both. And I don't need to be panicked or emotional about the predictions. Uh, or about, you know, I, I can prepare for either way. Look, if my house doesn't burn down, this is what I'll do. If my house does burn down, this is the insurance that I've bought. All right, I'm okay. I'll be all right. And it's not very dramatic. But boy, there's a lot of serenity in that. For sure. I mean, certainty, I think, is something everybody looks. I don't think there's, I think it's a fallacy to recognize that there's ever going to be 100% certainty because there's no, not. It's not. There's always a way to increase the amount yeah. that you have. And there's obviously, not. it's just going to come. And the thing out there, the thing is, is if you find yourself, and I always say this to my team, it's like, if we find ourselves in a predicament, we're not the first people to get here, right? Yeah. We're, if we have this issue or this inefficiency, we're not the first people. How do we find other people that have done it? How can we learn from them as opposed to us trying to figure it out ourselves? The people that are predicting are the 401k people. They're predicting that it's going to go up. If they're wrong, they're screwed. They should panic because they're not prepared. That's the problem they have. If you're depending on the stock market to take care of you, you can't control it. It falls, you're screwed. But if you but if you have a preparation attitude, it's like, all right, if it falls, this is my plan B. Well, then you're fine. And you got to realize that that's just not. I mean, they're they're restricted. All mutual funds, except for I think there's a couple of different option strategies, but all mutual funds, they all they can do is go long. They can just buy. They yeah, can't. That's they it. Can't, they don't insane. have that other side of the coin. If you get there a lemon, no, they don't have sour. If you get a lemon, it's sour. You don't know how to turn that into lemonade goes back to they are whether they realize or not they're predicting they're predicting an upward market and if they're wrong then they're in trouble but if a person's can do both sides then you're fine which you know it's like paradigm life you know you 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 have different assets that do different things and if you understand what the asset's supposed to do you relax you're like oh this will be fine yep well obviously we're at the end and it's it's unfortunate, but yet fortunate because I heard the good news that you have a podcast that's coming out. Yeah, they twisted my arm. Everyone has twisted my yeah, arm for years. You to should. Do it, so. You should. You have a sexy voice. So you need to. <laughs> Welcome you, you need to, to get the that podcast. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'm you, no Barry White, but you have a lot to say, right? And you know, just from my experience, uh, I think you're doing an amazing job. Even more so, I have such an. What, the reason I want to do the podcast is very much like you, Patrick. Is you and I are blessed 
to have an, an unbelievable networks and we have access to people that that we can share their messages i mean you know i mean I, you know i want you on my podcast because i want my students i want the people that i touch to know your message so the the biggest power maybe isn't what i know <laughs> okay but but i have such a i've been blessed with such a powerful network i want to introduce you know everyone i can to what they know cool so how do we uh how do we learn more about your podcast how do we learn more about some of the education modules that you have well the we uh our website is the cashflowacademy.com three words the cashflowacademy.com and our mission is is pretty simple we want to elevate the, the well-being of mankind, you know, their financial well-being with education, but it's all things cash flow. And we feel that, you know, the, the 401k is a net worth issue, you know, trying to build a big nest egg. We think people would like money now, yeah. passive. 401k has now. tons of cash flow. None yeah. of it goes to you. Yeah, it's great cash flow for the yeah, $24 billion just pours fees off that every year. It's cash flow Brilliant. for Wall yeah, Street, kidding. which is a great comment. So, then go to cashflowacademy.com and get more information uh, on dates when, when our episodes will be available and launched. And it's, uh, it's an exciting project and uh, I appreciate your support on it. Thank you. No, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll love it. Just doing, I mean, there's no, there's no money in it. I mean, it, it, but it's awesome just to talk through it's your ideas. Share. And that's the thing is in the end, it's, you know, just pushing forward your opinions and your perspective on how people can essentially be better with their money, do better and prevent. To, I mean, there's just so much information well, that just, you have that you can now disclose. It, to it, like you say, it's, it's not, it's not a lucrative idea, yeah. but what it is that's important is you and I both have in a way we're, we're a little bit like Paul Revere in that I, I have my predictions where I say, look, this is what I think is going to happen. I think you should prepare for both. So there's a little bit of Paul Revere in that too, saying, guys, this is what I see. Uh, prepare, prepare for both sides. If I'm wrong, great. Prepare for that. If I'm right, great. But at least wake up and see what could happen. No, I'm I'm st I'm stoked to listen to it. Uh, and uh, we'll go, we'll go ahead and end. But before I end, uh, there's another podcast that I started listening to, which I definitely recommend, and it's called Contra Krugman. Nice. Right. So there are uh, two two economists uh, that I've that I've met. I know one pretty well. Um, his name's uh, Robert Murphy and Tom Woods, mm -hmm. and uh, they're brilliant. And they're doing about a half an hour podcast uh, a couple times a week, I believe, or maybe it's every every week. But what they're doing is they're taking Paul Krugman's columns and they're picking it apart and oh, giving wow. the other side. So it's it's fascinating. So uh, they're it's brand new. I think the first episodes came out this week. Uh, but if you uh, want to check that out, it's Contra Krugman, and it's a podcast by Bob Murphy and uh, and Tom Woods that is basically towing the law uh, line with the Nobel laureate, you know, economist Paul Krugman, who all, you know, government Keynesian people mm -hmm. rest their hat on. So now they're going to be able to call into the carpet. It should be, should be fun, but awesome. that's, uh, that's it for today. Thank you guys for, uh, for listening. And Andy, it was a pleasure to have you on. Hopefully the world doesn't end before you're on the next time. <laughs> Thanks uh, so much, Patrick. But uh, again, we appreciate all your, all your insight. Uh, and I'll put some links to, uh, to Andy's resources on the blog and on the podcast page. So check, uh, check that out if you can. And uh, that's it for today. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us on the Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. 